Right then, welcome or welcome back to the Midnight Podcast, where we have super in-depth, authentic, super transparent, open conversations with an array of different entrepreneurs from many different industries. I really want to make this a podcast known for going super in-depth on loads of topics that other podcasts are scared to speak about. I feel like most stuff out there these days is just super surface level, super vanilla, and doesn't really answer the questions that viewers and listeners want to hear. So that's what we're trying to do. Keep it real and keep it raw. I'm sure you'll get a huge amount of value listening or watching the pod wherever you are. And if you do, don't forget to subscribe, recommend it to a friend, leave a like and a comment and just let us know what you think. And yeah, really hope you enjoy this episode. Right then, we're back with episode 21 of the Midnight Pod. Um, I'll let our guest, Suhi, that is how you say it. Suhit. Suhit. Yeah. Introduce himself in a second. Um, but I was just saying, it's been a month since, since I actually recorded because I was like five weeks ahead. Then Christmas happened. I was in Dubai. Did three episodes in Dubai, as you'll have seen by now. And then no one wants to fucking record over Christmas, New Year time. And then back in the game um, with a very interesting guest. And I guess still rinsing my network because you know Arsalan. Adrian and Adrian yeah and a few others as well as I've seen then I started reading about your story and obviously like you were like let's come on the pod and then yeah I mean someone left a comment as well like I was saying before saying I'm shit at introductions because I don't research my guests which is kind of true because it's not my full-time thing but it's also just because I think it's kind of keeps it more authentic more genuine which is what I think this pod's all about if I just get to know the guests like on camera and <laughs> Tokyo's here licking the shit out of me <laughs> but I guess like We'll dive into a million things, I'm sure. First question, as usual, is just like, basically, who the fuck are you? What do you do? What's your background? In a nutshell. And then, yeah, yeah, we can talk about uh, that. So yeah. I'm a Suhit Amin. I, as you can tell, I'm Scottish. Um, yeah, first Scottish guest First Scottish well. guest, surprising. Uh, I'm 20, uh, growing up in Scotland all, all my life. And uh, basically, I run currently, as my main business, an influencer marketing company, a talent management uh, company so uh, it's mostly within the the gaming and esports uh, areas because that's my sort of forte but essentially what we do within the business is we exclusively manage social media influencers you know the usual getting sponsorships brand yeah. deals negotiations and then at the same time um, we have clients who are brands and run their kind of media and marketing plans with influencers at the heart of them yeah how did, how did you get into that? Uh, so basically, you're only 20 now, right? Yeah, I got into this Which space. It makes me like, feel really fucking old. I got into this space when I was like 13. Um, it's, a, it's a very, very cringy story. And I always look back and I'm like, it's mad that how cringy it was just got me to this position. So yeah. I, I used to be like really, really like into gaming when I was younger. So I was like just playing everything. I was mostly like Minecraft, FIFA, you know, the usual stuff. But um, when I was like 13, I wanted to become a YouTuber. Um, and me and my mates, we start just doing, you know, classic like gaming content. Uh, but I slowly realized, and obviously we all realized I wasn't really gonna go anywhere. You know, it's like 13 year olds playing really shitty laptops, yeah, yeah. really bad quality, high squeaky voices, no proper strategy behind anything yeah, yeah. they were doing. Um, so they all they all got out of the game. Um, but I was just like that one guy who continued doing it. Um, but through that, I discovered the whole sort of business side of YouTube. And I realized I actually was more interested in that. And I quickly realized I'm not gonna go anywhere as a creator myself, but I could get into the business and learn about that. So I yeah. I, uh, I learned about, I, I got a job 
with um, just a couple of friends who were starting something. They were like, oh, do you want to come, you know, volunteer? Just We'll, we'll just start this and, and work with it, work with us. Uh, so basically it was back then, it was called YouTube Multi-Channel Networks. Um, I remember so them. You met like, MCN's like Machinima. 2013, I had a music channel. Yeah. Like I was, I was trying, I was like back in the days where you could comment on other channels to get like subscribers yeah, yeah, and yeah. shit. I got like 5,000 subscribers doing like One Direction covers. It's still actually there if you want to go and search it. You were doing One um, Direction covers? Yeah. I oh, wanted so to sing? be like, I could kind of sing. Yeah. Like I'm better at freestyle rapping now, which I really shouldn't do on this pod, but yeah. I was in like a band and shit and people would say I, I sang like Niall Horan and that. And oh, right. Like, Fair enough. It was an ego boost, but no, <laughs> short lived, short lived career, but yeah. All those networks and shit. Just yeah, I know. It was, it was, it was, it's mad because obviously, like that, none of that stuff is relevant at all, yeah. really, today. But I was in, I was involved in MCNs, um, and it was all kind of came through just trying to be a YouTuber and understanding how actually YouTubers would make money, the monetization, advertising uh, within the platform. So that was back when I was like 13, um, 14. It was, and I was, you know, thinking back, and it's like, what was it? Like, why was I? like this one weird kid just like doing yeah. this type of stuff back then but obviously it's paid off now um but yeah i just kind of developed my experience within the space it was again mostly kind of gaming focused because i was mostly interested in that so working with mm. gaming creators um mcns that were focused on gaming uh, and i started my first business back when i was 15 um Fuck which was know. which was like a youtube mcn um at, at the time because that's just what I'd learned. But uh, unfortunately, because I was 15, I had to have like a business partner who was 18 um, and he fucked me over. And obviously given that he's, you know, was 18, he just basically took the business after like a month. Um, But you know, it was, it was, it was learning experience, you know, not to get into like business with like, you know, people you can't fully trust. But yeah, I was just basically working within this gaming, esports, influencers, YouTube space up until around the time when I was 16 and I kind of got my big break in my career. Um, at 16. At 16, well, the big, big break from, I mean, yeah, I've been doing yeah. this for like three years, basically making absolutely nothing. I, I, I think I think the most I ever made from anything was like 2K when I sold like a YouTube channel. Yeah. Was, I sold, I, my, the biggest YouTube channel I ever had was like 37K subscribers. It was like this really bad like animation channel. I would, I would make animations in like Five Nights at Freddy's, that game. Yeah. Um, and that one actually did it all right. I got like, some videos have like three mil views and stuff. So but I ended up just not wanting to do it. Um, and I sold that channel for like 2K, but like basically up until then, I really wasn't making very much money. Did you ever think you could go on and be like a proper YouTuber? Nah. Or did I, you not want to be? I would I, 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 I would have loved to be, but I just don't think I was entertaining enough, to be honest, yeah. or had the kind of, you know, for, vision to, to actually become one. I just don't think that I would have been able to capture an audience and actually probably become mm. one. Maybe now with my knowledge of like how the algorithms and everything works, potentially but back then yeah. I don't think I had any any hope um because the, the channel kind of plateaued to sort of 36k mm. wasn't really going anywhere and then I managed to somehow still sell I sold it for like two two grand and that was like the kind of most I'd ever made at that point obviously you're making lots of little bits of money doing little things here and there but when I was 16 I uh, I was just applying for jobs really within the within the within the influencer space and gaming space and I applied for a job at a company called ESL which is the world's biggest esports is this, company. Sorry, while you were at school. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, so I was in school whilst yeah, doing this that's what I mean. again. So I was like, it was basically just the case of you know go home, get your homework done, and then get on my laptop yeah, and just yeah. start. Because I was really passionate about it. That was the thing. It was like just really I don't know. It was really fun. Me like you know if people who are really, really interested in football. I was just really interested in the mm. YouTube space. And I, and I, I don't know, it's weird. And you know, I still, you know, I did a lot of sports and, you know, stuff at school. Yeah. Uh, but this was like my main passion was just kind of 
the YouTube space and how I could actually monetize that. Mm. I just, I, it was, it, it was just really an interesting discovery when I was younger because I'd always wanted to be a doctor up until when I discovered I can actually do what I enjoy online and, and it's potentially I can monetize this and make a career out of it. Yeah. So then that sort of sparked some sort of entrepreneurialism in me at that point. Um, and then it completely shifted and I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going down the traditional route of being a doctor. I want to learn how I can channel my passions and make money for myself online. Um, but I got this job at ESL. I was like the youngest ever employee at 16. The the guy in the division just like took a chance to me because he thought that- Like a full-time job or uh, part-time? So the, the idea was that I was still at school, but I essentially once I finished school, they would just like, I would go to the, the Germany HQ and just mm. work full-time. So I was basically just paid as like I was a contract yeah. and I would just work on it as much as I could after school. So again, I was making like 800 quid a month from, from that. Um, you know, 16, I was, and that's, that's the first time I was ever making really much money. So I was yeah. like, yeah, this is, this is, this is cool. Let's do it. Um, and again, like for that, at that time, I told a few people about it and they were like, yo, that's mad. Like, cause no one else is like making 800 quid a month. And at, How at did that you time. manage to get that job in the first place? Though? Cause obviously at 16. I just, just, I just applied for it on like, on like Indeed or something. It yeah, came yeah. Out. And then the guy took me for an interview and then, you know, I just had a chat with him. I'm just like open and honest. And was like, right, this is the situation. I've been in the space. And he just like, he said, I think it was like, he saw a little bit of himself and mm. me type thing. It's that whole thing. I just like yeah, yeah. thought that I could like prove my value to them. Um, I just kind of sold myself on that call. Um, and then I got the job and I started on like the 1st of January, 2018, back when I was 16. Um, so I was working on that and that was great. I like learned so much about the space, you know, how to, how to work, work with big brands. Like I was working with like Tommy Hilfiger and stuff like through that job, you know, huge creators, um, you know, that I would never thought that 16 year old me would ever have the opportunity to, yeah. to work with. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, it, I think I learned most of my skills in terms of the influence of marketing world from that role, uh, entrepreneurialism and like, you know, running a business and doing things like that was probably from my experience since I was 13. But basically I had that job and um, I, uh, unfortunately like a month after getting that job is where my life like fucking changed. Uh, so I was, I was in fifth year of school. So in Scotland you have like basically primary school and then secondary school. So it's yeah. S1 to six. So I was in fifth year of school and that's where you do like your your hires and that's the the, the exams that like get you into uni basically mm. um so i was like starting from my hires had this job so things were already pretty intense and like trying to manage and balance everything and then in february i was diagnosed with cancer so this is like mm. completely changed everything and 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 my uh and my life so the story was kind of weird of how i like found that out so basically i was diagnosed with a cancer called stage 2A Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is basically like a cancer of the lymphatic system, which is connected to the immune system, but it's like glands and stuff in your neck, so you yeah. have like little bumps in your neck. So I was like, I remember the story so vividly, it was like New Year's Eve, 2017, I was on my way to like a, to like a house party, mm. and you know, I'm sitting, my parents are driving me, and you know, I just like feel this lump in my neck, and I, I brushed it off as if it was nothing because yeah. when I was four, I like had a similar one and they just, they just cut it out and it was, it was fine. So I was like, okay, this is cool. Um, but throughout like January, there's just more and more just kept forming and like growing and stuff. And I was like, right, this what, is- like on the outside? No, they're like, in, just like inside, inside my neck. It's like this, yeah. the glands in your neck, but they just kept like growing in, like in mm. size and there's like more and more. So they just like had loads of little bumps in my neck. Yeah. It was just weird. like enlarged in, in glands. And you know, usually when you get a gland, like if you're ill or something, mm. you know, you get one but it goes away. 
these just never went away. So my parents are both doctors. So I was like, right, what's up? And my dad was like, right, so to, yeah, you know, got me referred, got checked. And then I had to get like a, one of the lumps like cut out to like do testing on. And then in February, um, I think February 23rd, got, got taken to the, the, the Beats and Cancer Hospital in, in Glasgow where I'm from. And uh, they, you know, they diagnosed me. And um, that was like, that was the main pinnacle moment mm. of my life, which kind of like changed everything, um, you know, the kind of whole path of everything. Um, so obviously, you know, I was, I was getting chemo. I got chemo for six months. So from, you were 16 when you got diagnosed? Yeah, I got 16, got diagnosed and I started getting chemo for March when I turned 17. Yeah. Um, got chemo on my birthday, which was brutal. I was like, mm, celebrate my 17th in the cancer awards. Um, but yes, yeah, so I, was, I was 17 when I was getting chemo between March and August 2018. Uh, and I still, you know, working this job at ESL. They were pretty understanding yeah. about everything, but you know, it was, I, I still wanted to do it. School obviously were relatively understanding and, and stuff. And they wanted me to all like, just basically drop drop out for that year and just do, you know, yeah. do it next year. Um, but I was pretty determined just not to do that. Um, and I think- So you were still going to school as normal? Yeah, yeah, still going to school as normal, but obviously there was, I would, I would had to take like a week at a time off like after chemo. So basically I was getting chemo every two weeks. Yeah. So the kind of week after chemo, you're like fucked and you can't really do mm. much. You just like are ill and there's like a lot of different things. And then kind of after a week, you sort of start feeling a bit normal again. And then obviously at the end of that week, you're, you know, doing another chemo session. So I would go- What are they actually doing chemo? This might sound super ignorant. Yeah, so it was, it was so basically chemo's like a, there's a lot of different types of chemo, but yeah. the one I got was called ABVD. And that's just like four different, like medicines essentially. I don't know if I would call them medicines, but mm -hmm. it's basically four different liquids. So you get sat, you get a drip. So I had like a, a drip connected to my, my vein here. Uh, it was left hand basically. And then they just basically pump chemicals up your vein. Yeah. And uh, and then, yeah, that's that's it. You sit there, they pump chemicals up your veins for however long it takes. And then either obviously if you're, it's, you know, really serious or the different types of cancer, you get kept in the ward. Otherwise, you know, you get to go home. So I was just taken back. Um, but yeah, that was basically, I don't really know what it does, but from my understanding, it's like, basically just kills everything inside you, like yeah. all your cells and stuff. So it kills obviously all the bad cancer cells, but even, you know, the, the good stuff. So that's why you're like so bad after it for a bit until the, yeah. the kind of stuff regenerates. Um, Yo, fellas, quick one. First bit of promo for the pod. You may or may not have heard, I released a fucking econ course a few months ago. Basically spent like six months making it because I was in between businesses, as you probably know, if you follow my shit. I must say, 12 hours long, it's fucking quality content. I was gonna drop it at like 1500 quid with some bullshit guru-y webinar and all that rubbish, but as you know, it's not my main thing. I'm working on a new brand right now, very, very fucking much in the trenches, which is why I think it's actually a better course than everything else out there, because it's built on real experience of my brands in the past and my current one. I think it's super, super valuable. If you're interested in e-com, you're already in e-com and you want it to get into e-com, zero to one, starting a brand from scratch, then definitely worth investing in. Link is in the bio of this video or podcast, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever the fuck you're listening or watching and enjoy the rest of the pod. So yeah, I was getting that and then, how I see it is like, you know, a lot of people see it as when you have like a kind of traumatic experience in your life, there's kind of, I, I see it as like, there's kind of two ways you can approach it. Either you let it fuck you or mm. you like, you like take an opportunity out of it. So my mindset really changed um, after this and my cancer was really curable. So I had like 85% chance of getting cured anyway, but there's also a little voice yeah. in the back of your head that's like, what from that 15%? So is, is it like super, is it way more rare in young people? 
Um, I, mean, I don't know if you know. But I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure, but I imagine cancer in general probably is yeah. uh, way more rare in young people. My one that I had was like not rare, but it wasn't common. It's like, it's like uncommon, mm. uh, especially in young people. Although it's kind of weird. I know a, another guy from my hometown who got the exact same cancer as me like three months later. That's so weird. I don't really know. I, I just, I don't really know how, 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 no one really knows how it works. Like yeah. I was healthy. Like, I did a lot of sport. You know, I was, I, you know, went to the gym. The not, well, not to be honest, I didn't really go to the gym much. I, like, I played uh, I played hockey yeah, back, yeah. Uh, back then. I was healthy, didn't really drink that much. Uh, you know, never smoked or anything. And it's like, how have I just, like all oh, people just somehow mm-hmm. got this. Um, but yeah, my cancer, I say, was one that was relatively high chance of getting cured, 85%. But there's that voice in the back of my head, it's like, what if I'm that 15%? Yeah. What if I'm not gonna be alive? What if I, I'm gonna be dead in a year, two years, five years? And, you know, ever since I kind of discovered online entrepreneurship, and even just for me in general, I always wanted to like make something of myself, regardless of what field it was in before I like died. It was always mm-hmm. like the thing is like, I want to like leave a kind of like a legacy, make an impact, um, you know, be successful in some way. So I was like, right, it just drove me. The ambition was, I'm just gonna quit this job. I'm just gonna start my own business and see where it can go and try and be successful in that way. So I left ESL the end of J- J- June and quite quickly, start of July, I just started my, my influencer marketing company. At the time it was solely talent management, uh, Solderson Media, which I run. And basically it was quite good yeah. because obviously I had all the guys that I was managing over ESL before and you know they wanted to stick with me. So they just came through with me to, to get managed. Uh, and then obviously I had connections to a lot of brands through working with ESL. So it all fell into place quite nicely. I didn't really know much about running a business, scaling business at the time. So I was just mm-hmm. really going with the flow like, this is something I take my mind off the shit that's happened in my life and something I can uh, get into. Um, so quite, I, I didn't really know what was gonna happen happen with it, to be honest, but quite quickly, things just started scaling. We started getting more creators signed. Uh, and within six months- Did you like, quit your job before you started it? Was yeah, yeah, I, quit, I, quit the, I was basically like, I quit, I, quit, I quit the job and then just started this very quickly after. It was, it, 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 that was the kind of idea was, I wanna do my own thing. Yeah. Um, so I quit the job, started this in July and then, you know, within the first six months, we like turned, you know, turned over 100k, and I was like, that was like the kind of point where I was like, shit, this could actually be something. Yeah. Um. So I had to bring bring on like a, a someone to work with me, um, and then you know now it's been going for like three and a half years now is uh that I've been that I've been running it for um, and now we're like a, a seven figure agency, um, and I'm just kind of focused on, I guess, being a bit more of like a serial entrepreneur, just now starting different things. I know obviously you're working on a lot of different projects as well. I think the kind of natural regression is once you kind of make sort of a business in this space, which can generate decent cash, you yeah, can start yeah. working on other like kind of passion projects. So yeah. I'm working on a couple of other things now. Um, we got like a team mostly based up in Scotland, um, but there's other people different around, around the world as well. Um, and we now do both talent management and marketing for, for the brands majority of the, the revenues you can imagine comes from you know actually the brands uh, but we you know we have you know clients signed to us like uh, big tech companies like acer asus uh we've just recently signed um uh, a big alcohol company uh ab InBev, who like make like all, oh, yeah. all, all like all the beers like bud light yeah. and stuff so we're doing a lot of um influencer stuff for them because they're trying to get into the gaming market you get clients like that because uh, so, I think people watching and myself included not been in the agency space I'm always like oh if you start an agency you fucking go and get some 
you know, tiny econ brand and yeah. begging to pay you two hundred pound a month or whatever. And yeah, I mean that, that that's kind of how it started. Like at the start, we were working yeah. with like relatively small, but it's obviously now three and a half years on. You know, we can work with people of this scale. I think for me, I was very lucky in the sense that I was quite quickly able to just bring obviously the talent over from my previous job, and then with the talent that you sign comes the brands because obviously mm. if a brand is interested in that specific talent they're going to reach out and then how we would usually do it at the start was if a, if a brand reached out for one of our you know exclusive influencers uh you know just to work with them we would try and you know obviously make that deal happen and then try and upsell them to work as an agency client and and, and turn them into that um so at the start it was all just really cold outreach linkedin was the was massive for us in our space it's yeah. just linkedin was basically where majority of our business came from was through LinkedIn or inbounds from our exclusive influencers. And then as time's gone along, it's just a lot of the big stuff has come from like referrals of other brands. Um, so if they've, or, or just kind of case studies. So if we've put something out and then other brands just want us to re basically replicate what we've done for that yeah. brand. Um, so Acer came from them reaching out to one of our exclusive influencers to, to work with. Um, and then we upsold that. And then now we've been working with when them. When you say exclusive influencers, Firstly, what does that mean? And secondly, how do you get people to be exclusive to you? Okay, so exclusive influencers are essentially influencers that are signed to you as an, in a management contract and yeah. you're their sole you're their sole management, sole manager. Right. So every kind of commercial opportunity runs through you. Yeah. No one else can and, and, and if someone else wants to bring it, you know, it runs through you. Um so as I say, at the start it was very much just I was managing these guys at ESL. It was very easy to, to bring them over because I was obviously providing them some sort of value there. Then they were putting me in touch with different creators who were looking for management and they were vouching for me. That was a massive thing. But really it's just building your network in the space. So we've spent, you know, obviously years just trying to get known in the, the influencer space, network with a lot of the big creators, provide some sort of value up front before obviously trying to sign them. So how we typically do it is that we'll try and work with them non-exclusively. So obviously the, the, the good thing is that we have these agency clients so every time they're reading a campaign we'll try and get them involved in that campaign show mm. them essentially what what we can do for them when they're not signed to us and then try and sell them on the the idea of okay if you were exclusively yeah. managed with us we could be doing you know xyz times by 10 who's the biggest influencer that we've ever like they were signed with us or we've ever worked with well, i guess both uh, ever ever worked with um i saw some pretty big ones. i was looking on your instagram yeah right? we've uh so i'd say probably just in like the uk space like vicstar is like oh, one yeah. of the biggest guys we work with quite consistently so some of the sidemen guys uh never been able to get access to ksi but the rest of them like i, I i've got on whatsapp speak to the, them and do deals with um yeah, that's pretty cool biggest guy signed to us is like probably like some big guy in the netherlands that probably no one's gonna know it's like this um photoshop design creator um who's pretty big on there but um I, I don't think anyone's gonna know who who he is but in terms of just like some careers we've worked with in the uk like we've done stuff with like you know as i say the side men are pretty yeah. big olivia neil we've done some stuff with and obviously she's basically you say olivia, everyone knows olivia neil she used olivia to live around here i think actually yeah uh everyone knows i got in trouble is, like, for liking some of her pictures when for, i was uh, when i was with my ex because they had the same name and i think oh uh, yeah caused a bit of a <laughs> an uproar i mean what she, are you gonna she, do? She, she, yeah, she, she's nice. She's cute. Um, yeah, she's a she's a nice girl. But no, we, yeah. So in, in, cool. in terms of that space, yeah, definitely the same. some of the biggest, basically, and I guess all the other UK YouTubers kind of fall under. How that. does like say you're doing a deal with Vicstar, or whatever, for example? Yeah. Like, what's the first moving part from like I don't know you getting involved and ultimately him getting paid to then 
deliver something for a brand? Yeah, so when it's with like Vic, it will usually come from our... And, and why does he end up working with you, I suppose? Because obviously I would imagine there's fucking, I mean, loads of agencies. Yeah, yeah. So he's not exclusively signed to us. Yeah. He, but Vic usually, Vic I think only works with like five agencies that he like trusts and, and, and likes, but he's not like exclusively signed to anyone because yeah. Vic is extremely smart. He can handle all that stuff and stuff. He's a very smart businessman as well. So he doesn't really need a manager because he's got it all sorted. He just wants to have mm. like a kind of selection of preferred companies that he knows will bring him, you know, yeah. have, have clients will bring him good stuff. So for Vic or people who are non-exclusive <clears throat> to us, uh, it would mostly come from our client says, okay, we've got this budget. We want to reach this audience. I want to do some sort of campaign. And then us as the agency has to then work out how are we going to deliver this and what creators will deliver this and will yeah. fit within the messaging, within the creative. So we would plan that out with the brand, work that out and then utilize the, so it starts with an existing brand client. Yeah, it starts with an existing brand yeah. client or even if we're trying to bring in a new brand and we've brought in a new brand and just for, let's say, they're trying to target, you know, 1825, you know, male-oriented audience, you know, that's yeah. right up Vic's kind of audience. Then, you know, we would speak to, to Vic, basically bring him the opportunity for, for the client and obviously if he's interested in the opportunity with that client, negotiate the fee that mm. fits within, obviously, the different KPIs the brand has and yeah. what Vic wants and then get the contract signed, get all the um, content produced, delivered and then uploaded and then... How much does someone like that get paid for a brand deal? Because I'm depends, straight depends, up asking because that's what everyone wants to know. Depends what, uh, depends what sort of thing he does. But for example, like Vic, you know, is charged as like 20 grand for six seconds on, his, on a video, for example, or some uh, so one brand 35k yeah. so like it depends what, on the like five million subscribers yeah it's, it's it's i'd say it's honestly more dependent these days just on, on, the, on the viewership and engagement but for someone yeah. like him because the same are kind of like idolized and it's like kind of so premium mm. even if like for example his his views aren't even like mad anymore um they're pretty like normal for you know, there's, there's creators way smaller than him in terms of followers subscribers who yeah. get way more but it's just because of like oh, really? who they are um, so again, also the all depends on like the you know deliverable. So you know paying him for an Instagram story is going to be way less than paying him for a six seconds in his yeah, YouTube, yeah. YouTube video. So you know he'll charge maybe between two to four k for one Instagram story. Um, but it's actually just mental. You think you know he takes a selfie, writes a bit of text, hmm. sends it, puts a link, hashtag ad, four k done. Yeah, very little. It's like and that is all. That's like a very appealing part. It's like of being an influencer's. Yeah, I, I suppose it's a classic case of like, you're not paying me for the time, you're paying me for the, you know, the, the skill and, and the years prior Yeah, to that. exactly. That, that is the whole thing. And that's one thing that you're paying a lot of brands, a lot, on, yeah, yeah, a lot of brands don't actually really understand within the space. And, you know, they're very much focused on just the, the raw metrics of like, okay, we need to achieve this within this CPM, this, you know, cost per click or whatever. Yeah. And then, then they're always often shocked at like why creators are asking for a certain amount, but they don't realize that, you know, ultimately you all will be getting what the, the, the metrics at the end of the day, but you know, that creator has put in countless hours, filming, editing, ideating that specific video, producing that, you know, maybe they've got to pay an editor to put together that ad for for the brand. So it all kind of is, 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 a, mm. is a lot more than just the raw metrics, but, you know, in this in the space, a lot of the time the brand does often have the the final because the creators are really the ones that are, you know, they're they're what they're one of the deals really because yeah. they need to make a sustainable income. So it does tend to um, sort of favor the brand until you get to like the top, where then it more so starts the creator has more of the, more of the, the, yeah, the, the yeah. buying power almost. Do you find? 
I feel like YouTube is obviously like a much deeper platform than yeah. something like Instagram. Like obviously YouTubers have Instagram and, and probably now TikTok and shit as well. But I mean, like even with this podcast, I've said to a few people like, what, like 3K subs at the time of filming or what, not even that. But I feel like the engagement is pretty good. Like I get loads of messages on Instagram, except obviously way smaller scale. But then you could have some Instagram girl that has a million followers, but they're all 16 year old yeah like kids in Asia that are just fucking wanking over pictures yep and it's not like there's no depth there it's yeah. not really a following it's just like I mean it technically is but it's not like a fan base yeah they're it's there for one just reason numbers. yeah so yeah like do you notice that like YouTube is getting paid more than like Instagram or is it, or is it oh yeah Instagram 100% is, yeah yeah, yeah. Really? I mean YouTube is always in terms of like the the economy behind it YouTube is where you'll see higher pay then probably Instagram TikTok's pretty limited and then yeah. t- Twitter probably is like very simple no, and that to be honest Twitter you don't, really, you don't really have many like brand deals come through Twitter if you have a brand deal on Twitter it's come as like a as like an extension of like a, a more a bigger deal that for example would be like a I want, a, I want a YouTube video and then like a tweet mm. promoting that or whatever but yeah YouTube definitely has the the higher economy with it yeah. um, but it, it it can depend because you know for example let's say that you know girl had a, had a, had a fan base that was perfect for the brand they were really heavily engaged and, and sometimes to be honest like some of those people are the ones that can drive the most results like we we recently did a campaign and um, it was it was it was for um, basically it was it was basically very simple it was just like the brand wanted to get signups to their um to the to their uh to their site via giveaway or whatever right and yeah. she this is this it's this girl who's got like a really like down bad fan base like you can get, it's like you see the comments and it's like you have so much power over these guys and you can and that's like something no she's not even only fans girl she's just like this really? she's just like this random like uni girl from london yeah like who's just like relatively attractive and now all of her fans are just obsessed with her but she's grown and blown up so so much but it's just like the case for example anything she just says they will do so it's like go sign up for this giveaway Olivia O'Neill no no this is just just like a different girl you probably won't know her she's like a different girl but um, yeah Olivia O'Neill for for example probably could do the exact same as what I'm saying but like sometimes it's these people who just have those audiences as you're saying they'll just say right go sign up for this giveaway and even if the people don't want to, they'll just do it because of like how yeah, infatuated like they are. And they cut following, exactly. So, um, but obviously it has to, you know, the, the demographic does matter. So, you know, she has like a very high UK following. So that's where, it, where it's beneficial. Obviously, if it was the case where it's just, mm. you know, Asia or South America or something, then it would be yeah. completely different. Um, but it, uh, the, the, the space is crazy, like with female creators, like it's even more just because we've, uh, we obviously majority of stuff that we've done is more male oriented. Um, because that's where more of the gaming brands are in but we've yeah. pivoted quite a lot and are no longer like solely focused on kind of gaming tech entertainment I've got um, one of my team like kind of heads up sort of the, the more sort of female side and it's just crazy seeing how that side works in comparison um, and just the power like some of them have just because of just the way the world is now yeah do you think females convert better then or, or, or is it just like their audience is more technically engaged but it's just a bunch of guys i mean it, it again it probably it would probably all depend on the, the the female or what they're promoting to be honest but i think to be honest female like in, in our in our um experience like if what we've, we've not really done massively 
with it and get, like I've said in terms of like the, what we've done is probably like 90-10 like male female like yeah. split and stuff um, as you know maybe like 80-20 now but I'd say like when we've done female stuff they've converted like really well so mm. I think it probably is you know just the way you know the society, society is now like if but I guess it could just be this it could be the same like if it was like a guy who had this had a similar sort of following to that it's, it's more so I think just based around who they are and what type of following they have yeah yeah loads of interesting stuff um, I think a lot of people watching are probably going to not believe that you're 20 because you make me feel fucking old because you sound wise beyond your years um, coming back to the whole cancer thing then because obviously yeah fucking shit times are you fully clear of that now uh, so I would say I am but in the in the eyes of the NHS I'm not so basically when you get I guess finish your treatment you get put in remission mm. but you're technically not cured, but I technically would say I am. So I'm in remission for five years, but I've got what? This is, I'm coming on onto my fourth year now. So I've got like two more years of remission and I still get checked up like every six months or I think it's now six months. I have to go to the hospital, get checkups yeah. and stuff. But I would say I'm fine. I've got, had no problems really since. I had a little bit of an issue with like my heart right after treatment, but that was just because of the treatment. That's all fine. Um, but yeah, I'd say I'm for, I'm clear now. Yeah. And obviously you started a business. I mean, like, especially all the shit I was reading about you. Like that was the, the, obviously the thing that like jumped out most. Do you think you started it? Do you think you would have started the business the same way if you that hadn't happened? I've actually, I've been asked this question. And I, yeah, I thought, like most people would probably just go into a fucking hole and give up. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think I probably would have still started this company at some point. I just don't think at the sa- that specific time um, and I wouldn't have had as much drive to do mm. it. I think I probably probably would have gone down, um, you know, probably finished uni before trying to start the business. I still do uni, by the way, as well. Wait, what? I still, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know. It skips a lot here, wait. It's yeah, it's- so, okay, yeah. So after I finished, I, oh yeah, so the reason so I started- So you were doing all this while you were, at the time, would have been at sixth form then? Yeah, uh, yeah, so I started the, the company in the, the summer of, just finishing fifth year and then going to sixth year of school. And then after your sixth year of school, you go to uni in Scotland, yeah. it's four years. Right. Um, but I'm leaving at the end of this year instead of doing my fourth year. I'll get, I'll explain that in a second, but I am- um, I completely assumed you dropped out. Yeah, so, well, I, I, I technically I'm now, but I'm technically not at the same time. I've, I've worked at a great system. But um, basically I come from my, my uh, a very kind of like, you know, I, I, I'm in, uh, I'm three quarters Indian and a quarter Kenyan, but I come from like a very like, Indian family I saw mm. you know like kind of like the, the culture is go to school do well get a good job that type of thing so yeah. at the time it was like always I, 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 I've always been really academic I was like good at school and stuff and it was just like something ingrained in me so I was like uni I, I need to go to uni still because of that although my parents never really pressured me to, to do it after you know the whole experience and they saw like my business they actually were like just take a gap here you might mm. even need to go or just don't go but I but the start, I was like, there was kind of three main reasons I went. It was um, one at the time, obviously, this was all still very, very like new to me, and I was yeah. like, could this, you know, it's going well just now, but I don't know how sustainable this is. So it was like a backup option. Secondly, it was like uni lifestyle. Basically, I don't really need to say more, much more about that. Yeah. Just like where did you go to uni? St Andrews. So that's so that's where. You know I same, not St. William, Prince William, yeah, yeah. Kate. Kate met, yeah. You're trying to meet Kate, is that where you went? No, I, uh, I've i actually uh, been in his, the exact room he has. Um, what, like his uni room? Yeah. So you've been in the room where he was fucking Kate? Yeah. 
I've slept in that bed before. I guess he probably officially wasn't. I don't know if like the royals and no sex before marriage or something. But uh, but no, because uh, uh, he they, they lived they lived in this uh, like he lived in this five bed flat that um, is where traditions in St Andrews. You have like academic families. So my academic mum and dad like lived in this. Is it flat. is it a posh uni? Yeah. Is it like it's like, like Durham spec? Yeah, it's like basically, it's basically if you don't get to Oxford, Cambridge, you go to yeah, I, you go I to Durham that, or yeah. St Andrews, right. basically. Okay, uh, yeah. or like UCL and stuff. But it's like it's like the so the best uni Scotland, and it is very very like posh and like what international. So I did economics and management. Um, Proper degree. Yeah, <laughs> um, I did fucking entrepreneurial business for six weeks and dropped out. Well, I mean, the management stuff, I wouldn't really say it's proper. Like, economics I'm yeah. ge- was generally interesting. But yeah, so uh, where was I? I was saying, so yeah, two, the, the second reason, and the third reason was, um, oh yeah, it was like to try and like, because St. Andrews is a place where you get so many international students and like really, really wealthy people. Like, there's like prince, obviously like princesses, princes stuff comes out to try and like build a network and like meet people within that space. Mm. Um so I um so I'm in my third year right now and I'm finished I'm 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 leaving the end of this year but I um I realized basically throughout this year the three reasons that I started and was continuing doing it are now all just defunct because if I needed a backup option it wouldn't need uni would not help that it would basically if I need to get a job they would base it more on what I've yeah, done my experience 100%. and also you know we all know that you know from being in the online space there are so many different methods to make money online so I would probably just find and work in a different space yeah, if I needed you to. Got the skill set. Exactly. Yeah. Secondly, was uni lifestyle. I'm kind of bored of that now because mm. I've realised that not non-uni lifestyle and like actually the real world like parties like travelling and stuff is way better. Um, and to be honest, St Andrews not really got a very good nightlife. To be frankly, yeah, honest I was going to say I mean, I've never been there. But it's tight. It's very I small. Imagine. It's not got a great nightlife, but. It, it, it's got you know there are some good stuff I think good things and then thirdly was um like the networking stuff and then you know that's you know simply you make a way better network being an entrepreneur than I would in uni like I've yeah. met so many interesting people that have you know helped me and whatnot so basically in Scotland you do four years in England you do three years but um I, f- I found out that you can leave after three years and still get a degree you just don't get honours and I don't really need honours but I'm now mm. at a stage where it's like I've got like three months left so uh, there's no have you actually been like doing the work yourself or is there some hack going on uh so in first year it was literally just the case of um it was literally i just got retaught everything i learned in sixth year so i didn't have to do it i didn't really have to study or do anything i just went through it second year obviously when the pandemic and stuff hit everything went online which just made it so easy to just do everything with your mates and um i i I didn't even do very well in second year to be honest just kind of scraped through and then this year I don't do any subjects that have any exams so it's just like oh coursework and stuff mm. and I say I've chosen like entrepreneurship all like the, the I, I chose entrepreneurship and advertising and marketing right so you're already doing so exactly yeah. it's, it's the case where it's not been too difficult this semester I'm doing like economics so it might be I'll have to work out how I'm gonna, gonna make this kind of all work and still get the degree but I was like I've got three months left so I can either drop out now and waste me being there for two and a half years and getting nothing or I just go for the next three months and I, I, don't, I don't even ever go I, I'm, I'm a study online student so I don't need I, yeah. don't, I don't really go I just do my stuff online and then just do it for the next three months and get the degree so I was like and it's free in Scotland anyway yeah I was just about to say that we don't have to pay so it's not like I'm wasting yeah, any that. money or whatever obviously you know there's the, the opportunity costs and stuff of me being up there but 
again, because I'm studying study online student, I still basically live the life that I would regardless. So I, uh, yeah, I do that. I'm leaving the end of this year. Um, how did we get into this topic of me still being uni? But, I don't know, Christ. But yeah, so yeah, that's, 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 uh, yeah, I think, oh, I don't know, it was about to, like, if I would have started the business before, yeah, so yeah, I yeah, think yeah, I would have yeah. finished, gone to uni, done it all, maybe even done a master's, actually, to be fair, probably not, I realised in, like, first and second year, I just don't like studying mm. um, and doing, like, uni work. Yeah, um, And um, I probably would have, I probably still would have been entrepreneurial, I probably just would have started the business after uni, to be honest with you. Um, so I think it was definitely that experience that just made me start it way quicker and then, um, you know, obviously it was a shit time, but I'm very, very, very thankful for that experience because I would definitely not be anywhere in the position I was or have like the mindset mentality or be the person I am if it wasn't for that. Yeah. Um, so. How long was that period? Uh, right, so when was, you got diagnosed to when it was in remission? Yeah, remission. remission. So it was, uh, it, it was diagnosed in February, put in remission on like September, the eight, the ninth, turned the ninth of two thousand eighteen. So like seven, eight months of it basically, um, and obviously like for a month or two after, I was still having to recover from everything because chemo like bars your body. Like hair, so had to get my hair yes, grow back and stuff. That's seven and, months were you like actually working on the business? Uh, well, from July to September, yeah, because mm. it was like. If I'm at home lying in bed, my fingers still work. Just I just literally lie on my lap and just get stuff yeah. started. Um, and I say it was like really a thing that was like to keep my mind off what was the shit in my life. It was just such a good thing to focus on. Like I would just sometimes forget what was like happening because yeah. I was just so engrossed in trying to make this work. Um, and I just found it so fun and I was so passionate about it. So yeah, I did it all during that time. Um, and it also just really taught me as well, like how to just work really efficiently because I was always trying to, I, I still did my hires, you know, still balanced that, did my all my exams, stayed in school, started the business and then obviously had, you know, obviously this at the same time. Yeah, fucking hell. I think a lot of people watching, well, probably not people watching, but people that talk shit in like the comments. There was some TikTok earlier that was reading, some some current comment is saying that, because I like TikTok clip from from YouTube and he was saying that I'm like the male Molly, Molly May because of that whole Molly May oh, thing. Oh right, and yeah. I was like, mate, just watch a full episode and you won't say that. But obviously, you'd just be saying that, that Molly May thing. Saying his mum's That Molly May thing. I was thinking about. It, I was like, she had like the right intention, but she just delivered it in like obviously the wrong way. Yeah, I think it's just like cancel culture in it. Yeah, it's definitely cancel culture because. But I've seen a lot of people like on her side, like you know, she's 22. She said I definitely she, see both sides. I see but, both yeah. sides for sure. Like. I get the message she's trying to say, mm. but obviously, you know, it's the way it delivered, for example, it, it's she's the way she's come across is like everyone, you know, regardless if you're on the street or, you know, come from a wealthy family, you can do the exact same stuff. Yeah. Obviously you can't, but she is obviously saying, I think the way she was trying to put it out was that just do something with your time <coughs> ultimately and, you, and anyone, anyone can make themselves <coughs> something. Um, sure, sure. But uh, yeah, <laughs> delivered it. Delivered it very wrong, really, and it you know has back, a lot of backlash. Yeah, because what I was gonna say on that is yeah, like th th there's fucking people that are just sat home in like their mum's basement, like wanking and talking shit on the internet, like hypothetically. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I mean, not even hypothetically. But, probably well, yeah, a, a lot of them. I mean, yeah, anyone that writes a hate comment is definitely doing that, <laughs> but. Yeah, then on the flip side, you've got 17-year-old you who literally had fucking cancer. He's still going to school, 6-1, whatever it was at the time, uni, and is starting a business. 
So, like, where does that come from? Like, you say both your parents are doctors. Obviously, they're not entrepreneurs, but like, where where do you think that drive comes from? I don't know, to be honest. I, I generally because I think like even entrepreneurial people, well, like typically, if they had fucking cancer, it'd probably just be like, right, I'm, you know, I'm not starting a business at the same time. That's pretty yeah, true. I, 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 I That's get like what you David mean. Goggins, yeah, I know. I get what you mean. It was just I've I've always been re- quite like interesting like leadership being outgoing i've always been quite confident throughout my time and i think my parents you know they they raised me very well and like to be quite strong-minded and stuff and as i say i was always just very much the type of guy it was like i want to be successful no matter what happens so it was really just when my perspective changed and that all happened it was it just was it just amplified what i already wanted to do Mm. and just made it more real and i was like okay this is now this situation is real and i've got to do something otherwise i could die and just you know be like some scum and shit and like not have done anything yeah. um so i think it just came from like what i already wanted to achieve and that experience just amplified everything and just made me like really take some serious action that specific point um and obviously there are times where you know you want to stop and quit and everything but it was just that Yo fellas, quick one. You may or may not have noticed there's been a bit of merch, so to speak, in recent episodes. We've got two different things. We've got some of the retro style OG Neon Beach posters that designed like four years ago. You may have seen that on my Instagram. And then we've got some of the best-selling OG viral style neon signs that basically did start that entire craze about two years ago now. So yeah, if you want to add something to your home office, your living room, just anywhere sick basically that you want to add that extra thing to and support the channel, then you can check that out. Link is in the bio, midnight.co forward slash shop and yeah just an aesthetic item to complement the process I suppose cheers for watching and enjoy the rest of the pod um voice keeps breaking because I've lost my voice from last I was at concert last night I've got a fucking cold again I was I was at concert last night I was shouting and like my voice Are you went, Ian Deal yeah yeah, yeah he, he's lit I like that yeah, song my, that song that was out massive last summer moods. I don't know I only know like one of his songs but I saw it on your story yeah my uh, my uh, so one of our influencers um is like a Fortnite YouTuber like 2.4 million subs and uh, it was really weird because uh, like last year he like wished him happy birthday on Twitter and uh, Ian just saw it and DM them was like, yo, do I just play Fortnite? So um, they like became kind of pally. So oh, we look. just got like went and like a VIP stuff. We never went for any of the VIP stuff because it was like you had to come at half six and we weren't going to go. But it was, H and Dino were just chilling in there as well. Oh, really? Yeah, H was just chilling in the balcony. It was, it was such, such a weird vibe. Um, but yeah, it was a good concert. Um I was I hadn't been in one ages, um, and I don't even listen to him anymore. I yeah. started I started listening to him because I got into this whole like emo rap sad boy trap phase after my first breakup, and that's obviously yeah, happened. Fuck. And then we and then like I was like let's just fuck it let's go and I, I I forgot actually I quite like his music I only listen to like the weekend now to be honest it's like such a different music taste I have compared to back then but yeah, yeah. I forgot it was like it was it, he, he put on a good show it was a great entertainer um it was and it was it was a good night so. where was it uh to Islington. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what's that song called? It's like, I fell in love. Oh, yeah, it's the same time that you fell apart. Uh, Gone Girl. Yeah, Gone Girl, yeah, 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 banger, yeah. I just associate that with this holiday, like, last summer. Like, certain songs remind you of certain yeah, places yeah, yeah. shit. Yeah, that's cool. You were talking about, before when we paused, you're, like, involved in other shit as well then. Yeah. Um, what are you involved in? Yeah, so... Let's dive into that. Yeah, so I think, for me, it was... How, how I was always, when I was like, realized I was entrepreneurial, I was, I never actually wanted to do influencer marketing long-term. I was like, this is going to be a business that I'm going to probably 
do for a certain level of time and then go into something that I'm actually more interested in, like Elon Musk type shit, like tech, mm. Silicon Valley, like whatever's kind of big at that specific That's time. That's kind of what I'm trying to do now, yeah. make that transition. Uh, like, I think, cause it's like, you can build up skills and, but it's not really anything groundbreaking, like mm. the marketing, you know, e-com, influencer, paid ad spaces, like you can do a good service, can make good money, you know, do things in a different way, but you're not really doing anything mad. So I was always like, really interested in tech, artificial intelligence and computing and stuff. Um, so it's, that's like the future plan, but that's like still long, long term. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I kind of wanted it to be like a bit of like a, a serial entrepreneur and just start a bunch of shit, build a business that was scalable, sustainable. Um, and uh, I can obviously just invest the cash into other areas. So uh, the first thing that I started working on was uh, getting into like property. Um, and that came out of me being at St. Andrews at, at uni. Um, the housing, situation there for students is mental. You have to like start looking for a place in like January for, you know, going back to term in September. So you have to like, Fuck you me. have, you have yeah. basically, and it's like a, it's like a bidding war almost. Like the landlords and the, the, the language is like, it's such a limited supply, but because it's about so many students. Um, and you know, after first year, you don't want to end up in halls because you're just one of them, you know, weird guys yeah, that stays yeah. in halls for, for, for again. So you try to get a flat. Um, and we were just struggling to get a flat, but I'd always kind of thought St. Andrews is going to be a good place to, uh, you know, buy property. Um, and I started speaking to different people who, you know, do buy to let, buy to student lets or holiday lets. Um, and they told me basically, you want to be investing in places that have kind of like three use cases. So tourism, student economy, and then kind of um, professional let. Uh, and St. Andrews, you know, Durham, Bath, these kind of places all have that. Um, so bought a property there and uh, renting, rented student rentals through the term, and then through summer golf is massive in St. Andrews, like the home of golf, St. Andrews, it's got like yeah, 18 yeah. golf courses. This summer's the Open, which is like the a massive golf, I don't really know much about golf, but I just know it's yeah. a massive, it's like, like I've definitely like the, played the St. Andrews course on like Tiger Woods PGA Tour 2007 or something. Yeah, which probably have, time. yeah, the, the old course St. Andrews, yeah, like the infamous yeah. one. Um, but I don't really know much about golf, but I just know that like the Open is like, that's like the main, the big thing of golf. And it's yeah. in St. Andrews this summer, so, you know, summer rent prices are, are crazy. Mm. Um, so that was the idea is to get one up there, see a performance for a bit, um, and then start investing in different places. So probably in the UK, it'd be like, you know, St. Andrews, Durham, Bath, but maybe even abroad and kind of developing places that will, you know, be cheap, you could buy in cheap and then over time they will, um, you know, grow. It's not really, this is just more like kind of like a, a long-term plan for me just, yeah. you know, buy hold the property makes when um, did you buy the first one in San Andrews um, last September the process was fucking well yeah because that's man. the first thing that comes to mind with me like, I think a lot of people think how the fuck do you even buy a house at 19 because like firstly yeah whatever I assume, I assume you got a mortgage did you yeah but like how do you even get a mortgage in 19 yeah so because I, I, I tried to buy a place uh -huh. I didn't buy a place in the end because it would have been the fucking terrible decision when I was 25 and trying to get a fucking mortgage was ludicrous because I was self-employed yeah, so it's um, so it, it, was, it, was a, it was a fucking mat. Uh, was I was I nineteen? No, I was twenty at the time. But still, doesn't really make a yeah. difference. Nineteen twenty. Um, so my the way it kind of worked out was um, my dad. Um, uh, he's a he's a GP, and their like GP practice has like a financial advisor. Yeah. So when I was trying to buy this, my dad was like, "Oh, to my their like financial advisor, do you know anything about this?" And he was like. Mm no, but I can recommend you to this other financial advisor. So I got in touch with him, started working with him. And basically he just kind of started it all. 
Uh, I just needed to like, it, the, the way it worked was that no one would give me a mortgage except from one company. And that was simply because obviously, you know, for, for being self-employed, I technically make 12 and a half K a year yeah, yeah. or whatever. And yeah. no one's giving me a mortgage, especially not for a property in St. Andrews like mm. that. But this one mortgage company takes your business um, earnings. Yeah. And basically, because how, they, how, how they see it is it's like, he could technically have that all from himself. It's just in his company. So they gave me a mortgage based off business yeah. um, earnings and got, I had to get accounts done, get accounted to like do a bunch of shit. He got it sorted. Um, and I didn't actually have a clue to buy property. So my dad was heavily involved, just helping me yeah. just get it sorted. Cause I like, where do you start? Like they don't teach you this type of yeah, shit. Yeah, no, they don't teach you anything. It's one of the things, yeah. And I, I, I nearly bought a flat just over there. Uh -huh. In fact, I, I put a number of fundable deposit on it and I lost that cause I backed out in the end, which would have been a terrible buy. Yeah. Fucking yeah, flat prices around here. Oh yeah, London ridiculous. is crazy. Like I, I was saying, it was smaller than this flat, and it was yeah. Yeah, I was speaking to someone who was saying that basically, if you want to buy a property in London, you have to be extremely wealthy because you got to accept that you're probably gonna not make you're gonna make a I loss mean, on it. Stamp duty alone on that flat would have been eighty grand. Jesus, and I, I, I didn't even know that until I got yeah, into I, the process. I, I didn't know. I, mean. I didn't they know that they, you any of this. Yeah, shit I didn't know school. there was all this tax and stuff because I remember when I was like, "All right, this is the value of the property," and then when I go to pay the lawyer to like send the money, yeah. he said, "Oh yeah, you've got this tax, this tax," and I'm like, "I've just got to like put another you know five figures yeah. in, like what?" Um, but yeah, my dad like was just myself because obviously no one teaches you the shit. I was like, "Right, dad," because uh, he yeah, he known this, and my dad basically mad. like helped me through the process. I don't know, he's just very interested in helping me with like business stuff. He's actually the other director of my main company because when I was started when I was 17, oh, yeah. I could have a business bank account, so my dad had to be involved. He didn't but screw you like the other one. Nah, not at all. My dad's got zero shares, just a director. Yeah. Uh, but my dad's like quite, he's very helpful with just like, he, he, he obviously he's a doctor, but he's very smart financially. Um, so he's always been able to like help me with different things. So he basically explained how the process of it, helped me get that process started. Obviously we got this financial advisor on and he, put the deal together, uh, he connected me to a lawyer, lawyer sorted it all. And then mm. it was, it, we, were, we were meant to buy a different flat, but um, it was like a private sale, the first one. And the yeah. guy just like backed out last minute. And then it put me in a really shit situation to try and find one quickly. But luckily it was like a couple going on the market at that time. Got that, moved in on September the 30th. Um, and then it's a two beds, rent the other room to- Oh, so you actually lived there? Yeah, so I live there just yeah, now. Yeah. Until, I, until I leave uni, I'm just gonna stay oh, there. Oh, okay, right. Um, well, Live there's an, probably an overstatement. I'm never there. I think I actually feel mm. bad for my family. My family's just alone all the time. Yeah. Uh, I'm there very, very infrequently. Um, but um, yeah, so I rent the room out to him, uh, you know, one of the other rooms, and then once I leave, he doesn't know I'm leaving him. I'm gonna have to have that conversation with him. He does actually. now. Well, if he's watching this, I'll send, I'll, actually, I'll send the podcast. I'll be like, yo, I've got something to tell you. Send the podcast yeah, and you can watch skip it. Skip to 50, uh, skip, whatever skip it is. Skip to whatever it is. Um, so I'm gonna, me to tell him you got to find a new flat mate uh, and then obviously rent out to the two of them and then through summer when it's not term time it's just airbnb golf lets and it's yeah. just because that's where the that's where the big money yeah, comes in because you get like people come from all abroad for the golf yeah trump will come over and play <laughs> i know exactly so it's crazy because um i think they start kind of standard weekly <clears> rent <throat> you can get there in summer for like a two bed is like five to seven k right jesus christ but, for a little but, flat that's mad but in the open it's like between 25 and 80k for a week. What? That's that's not for two bed. The 80k one was a five bed, but um, my brother's managing- For a week? For that one week of the open. Fucking My hell. brother's uh, listed it, because my brother's doing it for me, because my brother, um, he's, he's older than me, but he um, 
he was in the financial space and actually just left his job because he didn't fucking like it. Yeah. He's looking for another thing, but I was like, whilst you find another job, just can you handle this for me? Because you're smart. Mm. You're smart with numbers. So he's, he's been doing it all. And um, he like listed it up for 28K for that week. Done. Jesus Christ. Um, and uh, it's mental. And then obviously every, uh, uh, the normal- Who's paying that for a little flat? Like some- Fucking some rich golfers, dumb. man. Rich fucking golfers. Yeah, rich golfers. And, and it's not even this like, it's the whole of that, 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 that thing. every time the open comes the uni close the uni earlier yeah. so they can make the most of it because like the cash that you get from that is insane uh, for that for that just for that one week uh but obviously uh, other than that it's like between five to seven k for per, per week basically you can make per uh for for rent um so it's a very good space for obviously property prices up there you know much higher than generally in scotland like scotland is pretty cheap generally yeah. other than st andrews but um rent prices are um are good so it's like a long-term game although i'm trying to basically get that money to because obviously i have to buy it personally because of uh first uh when you buy flat price you probably know from that you get like the first buy interest rates mm. being cheaper um so i didn't put it through a company so it's like all self-employed yeah. so that's the only issue i'm gonna have to work out around like the tax stuff but ideally i'm trying to basically oh this this year like a goal is to, like try and retire like to retire my mum because she fucking hates her job <laughs> hates it my dad likes being a doctor my mum hates she, it now. she's a gp as she's well she's a gp as well but and the issue was she used to love Does she it she fucking hate it because of covid it, it's not that it was like the reason she started hating is because uh the there's like a senior partner in the practice and um the uh the old senior partner unfortunately passed away and my mum was like the next to take that up and she just mm. doesn't really like leadership and like managing stuff and it's become so stressful for her and um she just like feels she like she can't leave so i'm like right i'm gonna yeah. on her birthday in august hand her a fucking check get out of there um but i'm gonna basically try and work out with this like financial advisor how to get this money to her legitimately without having to get taxed through me so it's like all crazy at the, at the moment with that but yeah this is the first one and i'm hopefully gonna want you know see how it goes i think there's i've been speaking to a lot of people in property and they think there's gonna be like a bit of like a property dip so hopefully like buy um you know in, the, in that sort of dip um so that's the kind of first project and then working on a couple of other things um started this like um you know the classic kind of education kind of stuff um within business my uh, there's another mm. there's another like scottish entrepreneur who's um come through sort of the same traditional scottish route as me um came to me in summer was summer was like we get a lot of like inquiries like within the scottish space of like how, how do you get there um because the scottish like business ecosystem is pretty poor there's a lot out there but like not really much you know comes out of scotland other yeah. than like a few you know a few things like brew dog and like gta came out of scotland and stuff shit did it was yeah Bru Bru rockstar dog. games yeah rockstar games up as i knew brew dog did yeah brew dog, rockstar games that's in scotland so like, there's, there's a few anomalies that you know are, are massive but other mm. than that generally the space isn't there so it's quite difficult but yeah he came to me and was like yeah we got all these inquiries why don't we just like combine our experience and like start you know, teaching what we know and putting everything together. So, oh yeah, yeah, no, I saw that on Instagram. Yeah, I so think. we're starting doing this, we're launching it tomorrow, yeah. um, basically just working with the select people and essentially they're gonna outline their kind of three, six, nine month <clears> goals. Yeah. And basically just kind of get them there faster than they would have, bring everything together, get, you know, guests, entrepreneurs on to teach them different mm -hmm. things. Like we've got property guy and crypto guy, SMA people, um, yeah. salesperson on to basically do that. So that's like that project. Um, I honestly think just on that, that like, yeah, like online courses and shit and communities now, uh, like uh, on 
equivocally is that the word like you cannot argue that they're not more valuable than the average degree no. oh yeah like 100 and uh, th that's why i find it quite funny when obviously that like because i've got a fucking econ course which i sell from this now and yeah. i actually had a call with one of the guys that bought it the other day and like just the act of speaking to someone that doesn't know what you know because you forget what you've learned yeah just the act of speaking about it's like, oh i actually do know what i'm talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean obviously but yeah and it just makes me think back to like I mean, my experience of uni is, is only my experience, but Jesus fucking Christ, like, no, unless you want to be, yeah. you know, a doctor or a lawyer, something, I think vocational is the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That we for have like to business get and marketing stuff now, I genuinely think uni is like long gone. Yeah, oh, 100%. I was, I was actually- It's uh, like embarrassing. I was talking to a friend actually, and over COVID, uni became the most expensive online video course, basically. Of all time. Of all time, that literally yeah. is. Because that's all it was. and. How I see it, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm not, you know, I'm not an advocate of dropping out of uni or anything, you know, if people want to go, yeah. they go, I, 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 I still think I, it's a great social experience. I mean, experience. yeah, I, I went, you know, I'm still there actually, so yeah. like, you know, I'm not an advocate, obviously I am leaving the end of this year, mm. so, you know, but I'm not, I know, if any, if someone wants to go, I'm not going to be like, because I know a lot of people in this space, especially the people that I'm friends with, they're like, ah, oh, fucking drop out of uni is a waste of time, like, if someone wants to go, they go, you know, you just got to weigh up the pros and cons and if the, the, the ROI you're going to get out of it really, yeah. in your opinion, but how I uh, see it is that why especially within this kind of space if you want to like be a do something in business why would you learn from someone who's employed to just teach you like over curriculum as opposed to learning from someone who's actually been there done that which is why you know communities you know courses online stuff where you're actually learning from someone who's has the you know this the credibility of getting there you know your uni lecturer if he was making you know if he was running a six-figure company or a company, he wouldn't be fucking a uni yeah. lecturer. So you, you, would, you would ideally want to learn from that. So that's that's like, I think a lot of people don't actually still realize that. They're like, oh, you got to go to uni to do this. But and like, as I say, unless you want to be a doctor, a lawyer, an accountant, where you actually need these yeah. qualifications, you don't. I think it's a, it's a difficult one because yeah, I completely agree. Like I still think the social side and living away from parents from, for the first time for most people, including me, when I went is great. Yeah, that was like the, probably uh, the best experience yeah, for me. Yeah, because I, I don't think the answer is like uni disappears and everyone, I don't know what, sits in their fucking mum's basement and doesn't, <laughs> does an e-com course. Like, yeah, I'm not yeah, saying yeah. that. It's just, it feels so archaic and like genuinely really far behind the times now that it's, it's kind of got yeah. embarrassing. Like, yeah, if, if so I was the head of a uni, I'd be a bit worried. Well, I, maybe I wouldn't because it's so ingrained in society, but yeah, no, like, to be it fair, literally I, like, I, you I, can't I, say it's not borderline scam. Yeah, for I th a lot of courses. I, th I, now. Th I think the yeah, a lot of courses really. What I've realized is that a lot of courses, like you know, and I'm not going to share anyone's course, but most yeah. people's most people's courses, they do a course and then end up something completely different. Like my ex girlfriend's older brother did Greek and Latin and ended up as a fucking accountant. You always end up yeah. as like something that is like you know financial or whatever. Like mm. a lot, most of the courses that people do, they go and it's not even. They just they're spending. You know, obviously in England, I think it's like nine or something k yeah, a year. Okay, they're yeah. like spending nine k a year to like study the subject you're passionate about, and you actually probably really end up there. But they are so behind the times. Like all the stuff that we get taught, and then like the management stuff is just like management theory, some of the 1900s. How is that applicable to starting yeah. like a? Maybe some of it is still, but in general. It isn't really. And my uni principal, she asked me to, she asked to meet me at the start of this year. Uh, and she like, I sat, sat me down and was like, right, how can we like improve like the business side and entrepreneurship and teaching side of like unis? And I was like, right, well, firstly, your entrepreneurship courses just doesn't help at all. You actually need to like, 
actively support people in because you're not going to become an entrepreneur by like learning it off you know some guy teaching you a, a thing you've got to actually yeah. implement stuff where they can you know actively do and try and start businesses learn all of that um but i think they, i think they do realize but it's just because of probably how difficult it is to change or how you know it is in society that they're not gonna do it. i think yeah. most most uni students know like especially at st andrews like all these like um confessions pages like you know like the usual shit <laughs> yeah and everyone's there just like yeah we're getting scammed like because the rent prices there are so uh, so high the uni just like clearly does everything for their profit like everyone i think is relatively aware of it but they also still think that's like the only way mm. yeah it's a really interesting one because i think yeah like unis are ma a lot of them are massive well i think most of them are, are massive private businesses yeah like I went to Northumbria in Newcastle before I dropped out and I'm pretty sure that's one of the biggest unis by revenue in the UK. I, I was reading it's like 400 million a year. Oh well, shit, yeah. Which is fucking big. <laughs> like, so, I mean, I, yeah, very I, I don't big. know. You could, I don't know if their accounts are probably, maybe they are, they've probably got some offshore shit going on. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's someone's getting paid. Yeah. And it isn't the student. No, it's In all. knowledge, in, in no, most of the no, cases. No, most of them, I mean like you got, you think about it, right? You and everyone's it, in on it, including the government. Yeah, which obviously finance all these students. <laughs> in in Scotland, obviously it's free, but like say in England, right, you go for three years, pay nine k, you're twenty seven k, right, mm. you're in debt, right, and actually way more because of accommodation. Let's say you know you're fifty k in debt, you come at uni, yeah, and you start in a role that is probably going to pay you between like eighteen to twenty four k average. Yeah, and how much can you actually pay back on your loan of that? Because I mean, yeah, it, it's it's you, ultimately the system, isn't it? And like, yeah. Don't get me started on like conspiracies and shit, but it's just, it, just, oh, yeah, it is how I've it got is. A lot like, as well, yeah. I think the further you get away from that, as you maybe a, like get older or like get into like entrepreneurial circles and shit, and it's like it's not a fucking joke. Like, the yeah. industry is the system, and it's yeah, the yeah, system yeah. is is how it is for a reason. Yeah, and. Yeah, like it all fucking makes sense when you become a bit more aware of like yeah, what's going on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't necessarily have a better suggestion because like I said, I think shit like, you know, online courses, communities are great, but I'm not saying, I don't, I'm not necessarily sure that everyone should just leave school at 18, go and get, you know, like a shit job and then do like a course on the side. It's probably better to be at uni, like surrounded by like-minded people potentially. Yeah. But everyone's different. And I guess it also just really fully depends on what everyone's interested in. Like, you know, a lot of people, you know, we're probably very different. We are, you know, there, there are select people who want to be their own boss, have their own lifestyle. But other people just are like, want to do something within a company. So they, yeah, it, no, doesn't really make, it doesn't really make sense to, yeah. you know, um, just do a, do a course or whatever. But at the same time, you know, that's completely fine. But the uni system still we need to like catch up to adapt yeah, to like yeah, actually exactly. help these people more and teach them more and prepare them better for you know what they're at their role because because like you, you go to uni you get your degree right and i just noticed my brother did it he did economics and he started to spend like two like one to two more years like training to actually learn how to do his job mm. so like you still like have to do all this learning after uh but there's there's there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff that can be changed and done but yeah really that's what we're trying to do is help people who have some sort of idea, aspiring, give them the skill set and the, the tools that they need to get to where they are, connect them to the people that are important within their industry to, to go through. So got a wide mix of people in it. Got people who obviously come through to like learn about influence marketing for me. Yeah. Like he's a, he runs a product-based business. So, uh, you know, product stuff. And it's like a, 
you know, we, we initially tailored it at, like, Scotland, but we've got, like, a lot of, we've got, like, a South African guy in there, like, a guy from Jordan, like, mm. it's, it's quite quite interesting. But, yeah, we're, we're building this up, seeing what value we can provide to, like, this first group of people, and then, you know, once we can do that, get the testimonials, and obviously, you know, as you upsell and, you know, this kind of standard stuff. Um, but it's not really one for me, which is, like, you know, it can probably, you know, these type of ones, you know, courses and communities and stuff, they can, they can you know, generate a, a good amount but i think for us too it's more just we had all this um people coming to us and it was like this is the easiest way to actually help them and provide that yeah, value then yeah. responding to everyone individually you know if they're if they're seriously and the thing we like to them is like don't join us unless you're like seriously want to take action because people always sometimes as well blame the education courses or whatever they're doing mm. for no results but it's like if you just don't actually take any action or te do what they've taught you within that then you can't yeah. you're not going to get anywhere from it but yeah that's like um a, a kind of project we're starting at the moment and then i'm starting a couple of other things there's like two sort of more secret ones one i can talk about a little bit the other one i can't really say anything about but that's i'm starting that with like two guys who are like uh in the music scene within uh there are two Glasgow, guys from glasgow as well who are like music ex um managers and stuff so we're starting yeah. something with them but um i'm also getting into the uh the only fan space so not myself Unfortunately, honestly, if I if I could, I think I yeah, would. Because I, I was saying to someone, like, if I had the facilities, if I if I was a hot girl, make make yeah. some good money off OnlyFans, slap it into good investments, and I'm set. I'd love to get the OnlyFans founder on this pod. I didn't realize he was an English guy. Who? The, the OnlyFans founder. Oh, the OnlyFans founder. Yeah, he's not very. I don't think he's particularly in the public domain. I don't know. I was no, reading I about know. him, but that'd be a mad podcast. That would be mad because like. Yeah, because it's like be so much shit with all the fans. Obviously, they didn't even they never started to be in the whole adult entertainment space. It just started as a yeah. way to like I guess like another well, Patreon. That's almost. what they're saying. That's yeah, what they're right. saying. But they probably knew. That's a PR move. Uh, yeah, yeah. But then, and then obviously they did the whole thing where they like said they're going to ban adult yeah, content, yeah. and then they ju just, they just completely revoked it. That was one hundred percent a PR stunt. Oh, one hundred percent PR stunt. And then they like went back on it because it, you know the outcry and stuff. But uh, yeah, getting into that space because um, you know obviously the influence management so the kind of next you know another area is just obviously only fans management so kind of run it working on only fans management company with a couple of people i don't really say too much about it or how i got in that space or, or why because that will just give away the other people involved um mm. but it just came i'm doing it with two business partners it just came from my network connections and, and experience in the management space in general and the man the way this stuff is run is crazy like i'm not even saying this from like our own stuff. So are you technically getting into e-whoring? Is, is that the term? I've seen it on Twitter. I, 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 don't, I don't know are if you that's like what it's called. That, that's, see, someone described it to me as like bona fide, or bona fide, or bona fide pimping. Like, because obviously it's like, yeah. kind of forget. I don't know if that's like what it's called. Like, I just call like e-girl management, OnlyFans management, but it's like the whole, our whole message is more like um, about, because like the thing with the, the two people I'm starting with is like, they're like really big in the fact that it's really stigmatized the space. Mm. All, more f in, in two ways one from you know obviously the girls get a lot of shit from it um you know if, if you're it you they just get called like you know different stuff and it may not necessarily be that it's just another revenue stream um but the space is very stigmatized uh and also you know if a girl or a guy even is like really really is already wanting to do it then it's the case that they'll take take, take it's, like, it's like an influence they'll work with a company to mm. take that forward and diversify everything because only fans only one part of it you know you need to actually diversify it across other other strands of content and the, the most successful only fans creators are the ones that have a big influence across all the other platforms but there's like a load of stuff that goes on in the back end because i know another only fan there's a there's a big only fans management company in the uk 
and they've got like mental health like um staff on to like because obviously there's a you know there's a lot of mm. mental health stuff that comes from it um there's like a whole team that like run the stuff in the back end so like you know i, I mean you, i don't know if you, you you'll know but like um one of the big part of um the the way that only fans make a lot of money is like the upselling within the the chat yeah so um yeah, you know, for like guys will like ask for their stuff. stuff and then they they just like okay give me like five grand and I'll, and I'll do that so but it's like it's never the girls actually talking it's like they've got like a whole team behind who actually yeah, do the so messaging and stuff what services like the agency do not do, do only man's management company, company, right? yeah. I'm not I, I, I wouldn't we, we've not launched ours yet ours launched the start of this like year how so, would or how, how would it or how, or what would they so again they, so they do all this kind of stuff that a traditional talent management would do so obviously like kind of other commercial opportunities but the thing that they do most the main things like kind of content diversification and strategy so helping the girls start on like youtube twitter mm. instagram so they'll manage write do all the copy for like tweets reddit do all the instagram stuff um basically film all the youtube edit all the youtube stuff basically do that essentially almost like a lot of them just basically tell the girls right this is what you need to film record today do that like send just it. productizing their personal yeah it's, a lot some of the some of the biggest companies are really just that they have the whole system of the team set up in place where they're like okay you take you do this today and then the team run everything in the back end so they'll do they'll handle everything like uploading of the content uploading of everything across their social media um helping them get into different platforms um doing all like the chat for the girls so like obviously when as I was saying the, the chat stuff is always run by like a team in the back end who are you know t actually talking to the people who are yeah. buying um and just the, do the marketing as well um as I say across Reddit, it's a massive one for this space in particular mm. but it's like a full service thing they have like a, you know they, they've got like a, a dedicated manager account manager people on, on the sales side strategy sales it's like it's, it's, sounds it's, funny in that context it, exactly, it that's, that's what they call it. I, I know I know I know the OnlyFans the other OnlyFans manager company and they've got they're, they, they call them, they call, they, so they're called sales manager, but obviously they're, they're, their whole job is just upselling these guys to mm. pay more. And they've got like the marketing team, which is just writing horny tweets or writing horny shit on, the, on Reddit. And that's like, but they're obviously called like, yeah. you know, like official titles, but it's like a full like service operation where the, the, the creator gets basically said, right, you need to create this today. This is the strategy we're going to go for. They do it and the whole back, everything is taken care of. And then the management company will take like, certain percentage yeah of, so I was going to say like what sort of percentage would they take so the one company that I know like the biggest one's like 50% they take oh, really? 50 yeah because it's like they run everything but standards mm. is probably like I imagine like 30 because it's like in, in the uh, influencer management space it's like kind of 10 to 30 but only fan space is going to be slightly more because it's like a full service thing uh, because you're actually creating everything for the, yeah. the girls but as I say some are some are 50 i know some in america where it's like the management's got like 80 percent of it that's mad uh, but that's like when it gets like proper kind of like that's where it's like you're like ten, like you're like pimping type shit yeah, yeah. obviously if it's kind of more fair but the, our, our whole thing is just about kind of trying to destigmatize it standing with the creators if they want to do it we will support them to get to that level and obviously we'll you know they'll, they'll benefit as well yeah um but that's another venture that i'm getting involved in at the at the moment um just trying to do a lot of different things that have yeah, high, so high growth potential. Why would you not just like playing devil's advocate, just like focus on one thing? Because obviously you mentioned like long term, you want to do like Elon Musk shit. Obviously plenty of time for that. But like why why like spread yourself into so many things right now? Well, I think or, or do got, you think they all have like synergy between each other and it makes sense? 
Um, I mean, I think obviously the the the, the two influencer and the OnlyFans manager come in mm. synergy with each other for sure because that's how I obviously got into OnlyFans space was through managing creators and stuff. Yeah. Obviously the the the, the course and online uh, the education stuff is just more come from my business partner bringing it to me and we just thought this is quite a good time for us to do it. Property mm -hmm. stuff was more just because I'm interested in it, but I think it's the case where I've got the agency to a stage, not not completely, but a stage where obviously it can run itself and yeah. stability and auto automated stuff. So now I'm just focusing and I'm wanting to do stuff I'm more interested because I feel like I am actually at a stage where well, there was a period of time, like in December, I was like kind of bored of doing this. I've been doing it for mm. so long. I like, obviously this agency has been running for three and a half years, but I have been in the space since I was 13. I have yeah, been doing true. it for like Fuck. seven years. Um, you know, wh however much, you know, you would, I would really call technically being in the space at 13, like, but I have mm. technically been doing some of some of stuff for like seven years. So I was kind of like, I want to just start other stuff just from like more of a, I'm going to go insane if I just keep doing the same thing. Obviously, you know, we can add more, um, you know, unique stuff to the agency and, and things like that. But I just, I just always like to just be keep moving and doing new things. So just thought now was quite a good time and obviously as I say that the agency is you know making good money and stuff there's a, there's a team running different things I'm still pretty quite I'm still heavily involved but that's more just so from the fact that I was really so passionate about this space yeah. um but obviously I like to travel a lot now so it's now a lot more the team pick up a lot and then it's also just good as well that I can invest a lot of the the cash that is made from the, the business into other areas you know tax and everything like that so yeah yeah building that whole ecosystem yeah exactly and i say i've always just like wanted to be a bit of a serial entrepreneur so there's not really any reason that for it starting right now it's just yeah because I, I always things like, are falling into yeah, place i know right people like some people i know have always done like one thing and then i've, I've dabbled in a lot a, well a lot of different things but specifically in ecom yeah. uh, but then you know come across people or hear about people where it seems like they do fucking 50 different things and then but then it just works for them and I suppose you have to find yeah what what I guess works for you but also what, what you fucking like doing as well yeah for sure I think I guess there is always going to be like that opportunity cost of you know if I solely spent all my waking hours on the agency and yeah. was that that could have obviously been way bigger than it is but it's also like I'm happy with what it's mm. doing. And I'm obviously still, you know, this year we've got a lot of big plans for growth anyway with it. Um, but then it's like, I just want to try new things and get into new new, new areas. Um, yeah. Because I think actually being in the sort of, you know, SMMA space, like I'm not, mm. uh, the Infos and Marty isn't really, the, you know, the traditional SMMA stuff, the paid, it's, it's like paid as mostly. Yeah, yeah. But like being in that traditional space, you only really like learns, you, you can obviously learn about business, but you only really learn so much about like, one space and it's like if I wanted to do like again tech Elon Musk stuff I would have the business knowledge of like and the, the connections everything that I would need but I also just don't really know a huge amount so it's like doing different things trying different things I start learning yeah. about all the different areas and it's just stuff that interests me like before I knew nothing about property and now I've like looked into it a lot have, have my own place understand like mm. different metrics and net, net yield and the importance of you know getting the right property and everything like that so it's just doing stuff that I'm kind of interested yeah, in yeah. that could have long term so like the whole Elon Musk shit then like do you know obviously just like bigger more impactful tech stuff is I think what you're saying like, yeah I've got no idea what is that just that would be nice hypothetically or is there literally like an area that you're super interested in 
when I when I was first interested in this, it was like more kind of artificial intelligence, robotics type stuff because I was like always just infatuated with like robots and stuff. It's mm. like shit. Like I was just because like seeing all the movies where like robots take over and stuff. I was like, yeah, th- that's that's crazy because like robots obviously they're, they're doing so much around you know robotics and AI. Um, so it's probably something that obviously that's still a very broad space because it's everything is so niche. So I don't really yeah. know yet. Um. I think my, my, my timeline and framework was like, I wanted to be like in the, doing kind of this sort of stuff until I was like, you know, 10 years on for the business. So like in these areas, mm. maybe sell it, exit it, or even just like still own it and then just have it completely run by a, like a CEO or something yeah. or a board or whatever, and then invest that money. Just because obviously, you know, if you want to get into something like that, a lot of upfront investment. Um, I think that was the idea. Um, I've not really developed the idea much more because I say I'm 20 and that idea is more around like seven, eight years time and whatever, you know, I may be interested in now, robotics, artificial intelligence and that seven, eight years time, it must be, it might, it might be completely, completely yeah. different because it's all come, you know, it's all moving so fast. Um, but yeah, I did, I was always just like so interested in like how that, like, you know, some of the stuff that he's doing is crazy. Like, it's just how that all works and I think if I can get into that space and, do something that's because of that that's where the real big you know business and impact is going to is going to mm. be in the world um so i think yeah that is not as i say it's not really much of a developed plan but that's just like kind of the the goal really yeah yeah i feel like everyone definitely you have to you you get your feet wet like in business is that even a term like you, you yeah, fucking like yeah. in like i guess for most people yeah it's like e-commerce some sort with that starting with dropshipping building a brand smma obviously like they're kind of like the, the typical yeah the entry routes yeah the entry routes where it's like something you can potentially quick cash flow certainly like quick learnings and then I mean like certainly for me like the business I'm now working on yeah I think has potential to be like a 10 year plus business and yeah. like I'm just fucking balls deep into yeah. like I just haven't I just yeah I don't know what it is I just there's something tells me it's definitely the right thing for me to work on now and it's like it's Using, I mean, I, I don't speak about it that much in this podcast, but yeah, going into the, the psychedelic wellness. Yeah, no, I, I, I've seen what you're yeah, doing because so, I saw your, I saw your post about pretty, yeah, raising, I mean, raising the funding or whatever. Recently, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, it's I mean like building another econ brand, but in an in, in a market yeah. and a space that you know, ninety nine percent of people wouldn't even think is possible to do yeah. something in, rather than just. I say just, but like had a jewelry brand before, then had a lighting brand, you know, like very easily replicatable sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's more exciting, and yeah, I'll probably either end up in prison or I'll become a billionaire. So either way, or mate. somewhere in between. Yeah, maybe statistically most likely, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think I've got to the point now where I don't know if everyone gets to that point where you kind of want to work on something that maybe has a bit more meaning to it. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it kind of comes full circle, like make a bit of money I've lost a bit of money as well but like you kind of realise that that's probably not gonna like obviously I want to make a lot of money from this next thing but like I, I also want it to have more of a purpose and a yeah. mission behind it rather than just let's make another fucking XYZ you know fashion brand because it will make me a lot because money. I need to make money like yeah I, th- I, I think I definitely I just can't put my my soul into that no it is, and I, I think soul was the word I was going to use and I think like the the whole kind of like online sort of money making spaces do get a bit like soulless and toxic after a while yeah. it's like because you know you, you end 
I think everyone enters these sort of sectors because it's like they start shop how to make money online and these are yeah, like t- the, to stop having to go the traditional route yeah exactly and this is like the easiest something. easiest ways and yeah. then it does come full circle in the sense that you realize okay this is great i'm making a bit of cash making a bit of money but as i say i said earlier i'm not you're not really doing anything impactful or groundbreaking it's all very the same you, you master it you mm. make cash and then you're like okay i'm kind of just losing my soul doing this yeah what can i do and apply my knowledge to do something that could be more impactful and then also at the same time more impactful but much longer term um yeah. so that's why it's always like building up a good cash flow cash cow business and then starting something of, of interest so yeah yeah i think you're just being self-aware as well in it like what do you actually want to do because a lot of people probably just be happy making a bit of money then getting out of the game some yeah. people probably don't even want to be in the game in the first place they just feel like they should because everyone talks about NFTs these days Yeah, and that's like the new entrepreneurship thing um, and then some people yeah like fucking Elon Musk who actually go and do like I mean Mad I say shit. some people like 0.00001% yeah. of people but yeah there's, there's so much you can do it's mad but yeah fuck it's, it's kind of deep like What's next over the next six, six or seven years then before you get into robotics and all that shit? Because uh, you've obviously done fucking loads for your age, particularly already. Yeah, I've, I've not got like that far plan yet, to be honest. But I think in terms of life, so uh, once I finish uni um, at the end of this year, Mad, yeah, I'm going to... haven't dropped out yet. Yeah, no, well, once I know. Well, once I drop it at yeah. uni this year, because <laughs> it's teched, is it? I, I, I don't want to say I'm dropping it. I don't yeah, know, yeah. but finishing it. I'm, fin- I'm finishing it just a year early. Mm. Um, I'm gonna literally pack up my shit, put it all back in my family home, and then just travel. I want to be a nomad for a bit. Um, yeah, like, I I, that's that. like it's like something that just appeals to me because over I used to this is the thing, and I realized like over the last couple of years that when I was younger, you know, my parents like to travel, they take me across across the world, different places, and I was like didn't appreciate it I was so ungrateful I was like I just hate I just didn't really enjoy going abroad or with them mm. and then you know the pandemic hit and then I, I moved to London last summer for, for, for the summer and obviously it's, it's just London but like Glasgow to, to London was such a massive change and it felt like a new country and then yeah. I started traveling with like friends and then entrepreneurship and I was like this is fucking great I really enjoy this you know it's like seeing new people meeting you know different cultures because Scotland is, you know, in the UK is, you know, UK is great, but mm. everything else to me just looks so much better. Um, and every time I go somewhere new, I'm like, I love, I love this place but, uh, even more. Um, so I went to like five, six places in like this latter half of, of last year. Um, and then I'm going to a couple more places in the earlier part of this year. But when I finish uni, I just want to continue that habit. Go to as many places as I can as possible, meet as many new people, experience as many new cultures, communities, countries uh so i plan to like travel for like just a year or two be a nomad i don't know it just depends on when i decide i'm done done with it but Mm. um you know maybe like live like month to month in a different place i don't know i've not fully worked out i've I've got a map to the different places i want to go but not the lengths of time where do you want to go um so i want to see basically i went to norway back in in, uh, november and i fucking fell in love with scandinavia because i've only been to sweden and scandinavia it was cool Uh, yeah norway was just beautiful it was like this perfect place so i want to go to all of scandinavia Mm. see what i like the best um they're the classic like in a normal place like bali yeah Yeah, yeah. uh, 
Tokyo, I want to go to. It's called Tokyo I know. because I went there three times. Uh, really? That's, yeah, I want, I want, Tokyo looks amazing. Yes, um, yeah. I want to go to like different parts of Africa, like South Africa, mm. um, Cape, Cape Town, obviously like a big one for mm. like kind of our space. Madagascar appealed to me. Um, mm. Different parts of America, like LA, you know, all, all that. Yeah. Uh, Eastern Europe as well because I've like only been in Western Europe never really really seen what Eastern, Eastern Europe's like cool. I, I think I've been to I went to Budapest is that Eastern Europe? yeah yeah I, I think, I think like I on the verge yeah I think it counts I don't think yeah. I've been like proper Eastern Europe like Poland and shit yeah I've not like been to any I was like I've only really been to I want to see what it's like because you're like, it's like everyone talks about like Western Europe Eastern Europe I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. don't really know what Eastern Europe's like so there as well um Monaco is a big one because obviously that's just like like the playground of the rich. Basically, I just mm. want to see how they're living. Um, it's mad. Um, I see Philip Green as you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and I'm, the idea is like I want to find where I really like and want to settle down and then go there. Uh, but obviously, there's going to be a multiple impact, uh, like reasons as to why to move there. That you know, if I, I like the place, but obviously, like if it doesn't make sense for career, business, and all that, then mm. you know, maybe might be the move. But find where I like settle down there um obviously would still travel you know bits and you know obviously you have to for business but that's the idea over the next you know one two years um not really have a base obviously well the home base would be my family home mm. uh in glasgow um and then just kind of yeah live that digital entrepreneur nomad life scale the businesses um from there see where the different projects go and then six seven years I've not, I've not really thought further than two years at this point to be honest I but don't think you need to shit like just look at the last two years this time two years ago no one knew about COVID right yeah how, how mad is that I don't, I feel like you can like, you can set yourself like a one three five ten long lo- mm. year long term plan but it never actually it will always change it, it always changes like, it's good because it's, 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 like, it's a set, set of vision you want to get to and you have something to work towards but it always changes like a you know when I started out stuff when I was 13, you know, seven years on, I never thought it'd be the same place. I never, I never planned for this when I, to be, yeah. I never thought 20 years old, I want to be at this place. Yeah, 100%. But um, yeah, next year is really just travel, live live the life as like a young guy, like 20s and stuff, and then settle in a country. Not really like settle down, but it's like settle in a country and then, mm-hmm. you know, still be, you know, because I mean, I'm in, I'm in my 20s, um, I'm so young. Uh, just see the world, do 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 things, build the businesses, and then you know, hopefully in that time, discover and you know maybe look more into what I want to be like my more impactful long term yeah. business, and then you know figure out how to make robots, figure out how to do that exactly, figure out how it's how much money I'm going to need, yeah. who I need to speak to, and how, how I'm going to do it. a lot of fucking money. Yeah, probably. Yeah. No, that's cool. All right, final question pretty much bang on 90 minutes which I'm getting good at this um, I've started asking everyone this it's so cheesy but I guess for you like if you could give advice to your 13 year old self when you got started I guess what would it be? Uh, yeah like I, I, just in everything in life business life whatever I guess in yeah however you want to put it uh, I think there was two things because someone actually asked me this on Twitter the other day so I kind of know I was because oh, yeah. they asked me I had to think about it I was like oh, I actually know them now I actually I gave them three and I forgot the third one um, just yeah build build your build your network it's like I've realised that actually my network has been the most important thing because that's got me in every like all the big opportunities I've had has just been from knowing the correct people building that network and that's something that just comes you need to just meet as many interesting people that you want to be like 
um, and that can open up so many doors. So build your network as early as possible um, because everything within an infiltrate space as well and network is everything who you know yeah. is so important um just take action sooner and start start stuff um don't be worried about anything because I, I, I this is something i always say to like younger people um who are interested in because i've done a lot of talks to younger people because of my, my story mm. and i think the message i always leave them is that don't let an experience in life like what happened to me be the reason you take action or do something you want to do just do it so that kind of thing like follow those those dreams and ambitions i think are the two main things and also i think as well um something i learned uh you know becoming an entrepreneur and stuff is like don't really you know care about other people's opinions you know to extent you have to and you know when you're younger especially with the whole you know everything just like social and school and stuff everyone's always so you know how am i going to look in, in this mm. scenario it's like you, you you actually that is such a big thing for people um but i did realize that like life becomes so much better when you just don't give a fuck about except yeah, what you want to do true. and just focus on that like, i i do i have people like say stuff to me and different things and it's just like in past to it i would have been like oh i'm so sorry you're taking it down and it's like i don't care i just don't give a fuck so i think that's very important especially like because you, you need that in the in, in the entrepreneurship game <laughs> Uh, or just in life in general because if you want to succeed in anything you've just got to do your own thing and not worry about what other people are saying so yeah yeah those are the it. three things I guess no, that's cool alright on that note um, fuck it's been an interesting one we, we probably could have gone on for three hours especially if we were drinking red wine like normal but it's, yeah. it's, it's a dry dry, 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 January, dry January attempt yeah, all, all the episodes we'll start, start again from today yeah no exactly um but yeah, we'll wrap it up there. Great to chat. Hope you enjoyed the episode as usual. If you did, fucking subscribe, get those numbers up. Um, recommend it to a friend if you're enjoying. Plenty more episodes coming. I said publicly we'd get to 50k subs by the end of the year, which I feel like on a channel like this, in this niche, would be pretty fucking impressive. Yeah. But I stand by that, so. Would you start, would you start, sorry, that would be just, I just asked the question. Would, no, no. would you start monetizing the podcast if it became bigger? Well, I already have. Oh really? I, mean, I sell the course off it. I mean, other than that, like, like doing like I've brand got, deals and stuff well, during it. I'm going to sponsor it with my own brand uh -huh. coming soon, um, for sure. But yeah, I think I think there's actually ads running on this right now. All right. There was like 200 quid in AdSense revenue last month. All right, fair enough. But I mean, like, uh, like the brand because what one thing within the podcast space now is that they're actually some of the most demanded channels for like brands it's so deep yeah and because and, and because and, and because deep and platform and like in typical ads like people just skip over that 60 seconds but yeah. in podcasts people like don't mind like actually so listen and sit true. and watch the ad reads so some of these podcasts have like four or five ads throughout the whole one and a half hours yeah, yeah. and it's just like if they're charging you know however much that they can for that like a hundred yeah nah, I, I, I definitely will because such a good monetization yeah, opportunity I'll monetize it where, if and where necessary to make the pod better because like I already need someone to help me with this shit so like you know yeah. hiring people if I can cost money blah 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 yeah. so yeah I will but um, yeah I suppose to get to that level we need more subs and exactly. more content and get yeah. subs subscribe and we'll catch you in the next one cheers for watching peace